Hello, everyone, and welcome to Teach Ag Talks, the podcast bringing you the news and voices of Pennsylvania agricultural education. State FFA officers dedicate themselves to serving and representing their respective FFA associations as well as agricultural education and the national FFA organization as a whole. In Pennsylvania, every year seven state officers defer a year in college or their career to serve nearly 13,000 Pennsylvania FFA members. This month, I had the pleasure of sitting down with a recently retired Pennsylvania FFA state officer and was able to hear his perspective on his year of service, life in retirement, and he even shared some advice for students who are debating running for state office in the future. To the agricultural educators and FFA advisors out there, this podcast can provide some unique insight to your FFA members. But let's jump right to it with our interview with the 2018-2019 Pennsylvania FFA State Vice President, Jacob Kinzer. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Teach Ag Talks, and I'm joined here by the man, the myth, the legend, and a now has been a Pennsylvania FFA, Mr. Jacob Kinzer. How are you doing today, Jake? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Thomas? I'm doing pretty peachy, if I do say so myself. Jake and I just had an opportunity to sit down in good old Juniata County for some for some dinner at uh, Harshberger's Subin Mall. If you ever get a chance, they're a 50 Styles restaurant. This is just a pitch for them because there's a really good place. They're big supporters of agricultural education programs here in Juniata County and FA chapters. But anyway, I'm not here to put advertising spiels, even though we did just have a really good meal. We're here to just talk about FFA and a state officer perspective as we're part of an elite club here as Pennsylvania FFA past state vice presidents. But Jake, you just kind of did this cool thing a little less than a month ago is uh, running a state convention. Can you tell me a little bit about what your thoughts were going into state convention? Sure, absolutely. Um, I knew it was one of my highlights of the year. Like At the beginning of the year, as soon as I got elected, I knew that it was going to be just an awesome event. But going up into it, I didn't realize what all we would do behind the scenes to get ready for it. Uh, we started preparing for that uh, the end of March and just prepared like an 80-some page script that we had to have all memorized, but it was surreal. I mean, just getting on that stage in the Bryce Jordan Center in front of almost a couple thousand people and just just having that feeling and having it sink in that, you know, you're on that stage for a reason, it was just, it was just awesome. I mean, it gave me chills every session, every minute of it. That script itself is just a work of art. You got different colors and different highlighters in there, and every single song is usually the transition clips in there. And oh yeah, it's, it's on point. It is on point. And I always thought it was funny, you know, like whenever I was a state officer, I was up on stage for running state convention, having all this time, and then you come back for like their new student convocation or what, whatever the specific name for it is. But yeah, I think it's convocation at the beginning of the year. And like you're sitting out in the audience at the BJC. It's like, oh, I'm back at the bottom of the totem pole now. But it's it's a really awesome opportunity. But we, we heard about the prep work. Tell me about your state convention experience. So actually, as the vice president, I get the unique opportunity to send in on the state officer candidate interview process. 
Uh, now, I don't actively participate in the interviews, but I'm in the holding room talking to the candidates, uh, making sure that I take care of them if they need anything, um, just to get a chance to interact with them. And that's pretty awesome. I mean, that group is pretty elite because they're already taking that step to want to run. And then just to, just to see their each of them, their unique personalities leading into that whole process, uh, you can definitely see a little bit of a relief after the final round is complete and the nominating committee has their decision made, but there's still the nerves there. And uh, just just being able to be that comforting presence for all of them, uh, being a, have been a part of that experience uh, last year at the state convention the year before, I can understand their stresses. So it was kind of nice to be able to be that comforting voice, comforting hand throughout that whole entire uh, process there. So thinking, thinking back to that, because you were – state officer candidate the year before but even before that like you were a proud east juniata ffa member how have you personally changed since you stepped foot into an agriculture education classroom into the young leader you are that's going to be a college freshman this upcoming fall oh wow uh that's a that's a tough question because uh, honestly i didn't grow up in agriculture i didn't grow up on a farm and so honestly, when I first stepped into that classroom, I thought that I was just going to be learning about farming and that's it. But boy, was my world turned around once I heard about FFA. Once I got involved in FFA and agriculture education, my imagination, my ideas just exploded because that's where I could kind of take in what I wanted to know, what I wanted to learn, and just kind of build on my strengths and just have a great time. I mean, honestly, all the FFA trips that I've been on, those memories are the ones that last with me since high school. I mean, it's it's honestly just transformed my world. Showed me that agriculture isn't the typical saying where they say it's cows, plows, and sows. I mean, it's scientists, it's teachers, it's it's anyone in the professional industry dealing with agriculture. It's just so broad that any typical high school student that isn't exposed to that has no idea, no idea at all. And I can relate to a lot of what you said, even though I grew up on a dairy farm, that I didn't realize how big agriculture was until I stepped foot into my advisor, Mrs. Barkley's class. Like, yeah, there's scientists and there's engineers and there's wildlife conservationists and all these different people that are connected to agriculture and that everything's dependent upon the industry that we work in and that we represent. A cool transformational process that a whole bunch of students go through every single year through their agricultural education programs. And I'm a big advocate for the fact that, like, if there was a set freshman course for ag ed, that, like, a whole bunch of different misconceptions would happen. And with Pennsylvania FFA being affiliate membership, then our membership numbers would go up a lot, too. But, I don't know, this is an idea I've had in the past. But thinking of ideas, if there are, like, some really cool ideas that you have coming out of state office that you would like either to see implemented in Pennsylvania FFA or you just like be like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, do you have any of those? Hmm. You know, that's a tough question. Um, throughout this year, I've been exposed to many different things involving in agriculture and all of it not typically involved in agriculture. Um, I think the big thing that I would like to see done, an idea that kind of pops into my mind is just how important and how valuable our workforce is. Uh, there's just so many jobs out there that people aren't taking advantage of. And uh, I know our Pennsylvania FFA Foundation is doing a lot with promoting some of those careers and jobs and stuff that are out there through our business and industry visits. But 
I mean, just this year, the seven of us were exposed to so many different careers that are available out there. Uh, I, I think it's definitely important, an idea of mine, a di- an idea of mine that I think there's got to be some way that we can inform the students about that, whether that's through the teachers or the schools or whatever it may be. There's got to be a way to do that because there's jobs out there and there's people that need workers. And I mean, those prime students that you get in agriculture education, FFA, are the perfect students for those roles. I mean, they would fit perfectly in those job descriptions. And we create a unique balance of career development events so you can specialize into a specific area, but then also overall we're just given leadership skills and just real life experiences for students. So I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. Like, yeah, the workforce is here with students of agricultural education. It's on point. I realized when you were saying that that I might need to backtrack a little bit and give more context in case we have any listeners who aren't overly familiar with Pennsylvania FFA. Would you like to give kind of an overview or elevator speech? I mean, we're not sitting in an elevator on a park bench, but give, give me a park bench speech, I guess, of what a Pennsylvania FFA state officer does and what Pennsylvania FFA looks like. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so at the beginning of the year, we're elected by our peers, a team of seven of us, and we're representing the almost 13,000 FFA members in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so we take the year, it's a year of service, we defer any college or career plans upon graduation, and we basically spend the year traveling, promoting uh, agricultural industry and agricultural education. Um, it's, we get to witness and experience a lot of people who are in the industry of agriculture and then we can take those experiences to the students. Being a Pennsylvania FFA state officer, you get to go to like National FFA Convention and Expo and different events throughout the year, but you get to connect with state officers from other states. What was one of the biggest things you learned just by talking to them about their state associations and seeing how agriculture and agricultural education is different across the U.S.? Like, what, What's some takeaways you had with that? Oh, uh, well, a national convention, one of the biggest things uh, is the different accents there are across the state of Pennsylvania. But uh, but no, all joking aside, uh, it was awesome. I got to make some really lasting friendships from the different state officers. Um, I mean, just the different broad spectrum. Like, one of my best friends, he's from Tennessee. Their convention is in the middle of March. And what they do at their convention is completely different uh, than ours. Um, you know, at our convention, there's different career and leadership development events that students can participate in, along with going to the sessions. And some state associations, that is a whole different separate thing with their state uh, career, career and leadership development events. Um, just different events that they have going on at their state convention. Uh, but it's, it's really unique what all different things they do across the state. Like I know one of my friends in Alaska they have a reindeer judging uh, career leadership or career development event at their state convention. Yeah, I mean, you don't see that in Pennsylvania. That is so awesome. <laughs> I remember talking to Alaska State FFA officer uh, at State President's Conference back when that was still a thing. And I don't know if they were pulling my chain or not. They're like, yeah, reindeer, we show them like dairy cattle. I'm like, wait, you do what now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just crazy how diverse the state of Pennsylvania is agriculturally, but there's just so much more diversity across the nation and it was kind of unique to hear what all how their students interact with that and it's really cool whenever you think of stuff like proficiencies or i remember talking to the executive secretary for louisiana ffa and he was all bummed out that whenever he was a chapter advisor that 
his student lost like I think it was like exotic animals or something like that, like a proficiency or something at the national level, and he his student lost to somebody who had a beekeeping. SAE. And it's like, okay, well, what's wrong with a beekeeping SAE? Like, what did your student do? They're like, oh, she had an alligator farm. <laughs> <laughs> she she raised alligators? Because, <laughs> like, you, you wouldn't think of that in northeast United States. Or, yeah. I guess, Pennsylvania could also be considered, like, mid-Atlantic. Yeah. But we don't have alligators around here. That's not no, something not exactly feasible. Work at Zoo America or something. Consider that your SE, you might get alligator experience. But other than that, it's not something that happens. This year of service. Would you recommend it to a friend, and why? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, heading into it, I was a little bit nervous. Taking that year off and deferring a year of basically your life. I mean, it's a year of service. But looking back on it, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, just the people I've met this year, uh, the connections I've made, all the knowledge that I've learned, but most importantly, the members and other people, other peers that I've met my age has just been incredible. I mean, these are friendships that will last me a lifetime, and maybe someday down the road I might even work for some of them or work with them. And, I mean, it's just an incredible year. I mean, it's hard to even write down all in a journal because all the memories, all the feelings that you're feeling at the time that you do different events, it's just hard to describe. I mean, it's literally a once in a lifetime opportunity. Give me a couple of like either really rewarding like individual cases that happened throughout this year or like really funny ones that happened. Like just give, give me a glimpse as to what Jacob Kinzer enjoyed as with interactions as a state officer. <laughs> So, uh, I guess on more of a serious note, uh, just to have the opportunity to be that mentor in some people's lives, uh, to kind of be like a guiding hand. I mean, of course, the ag educators are awesome people, but sometimes hearing it from somebody who's about their same age uh, to help guide them through different experiences and hardships in life is just rewarding. I mean, it's, it really helps you think. Uh, so that was awesome. That was one of my favorite things, just to be able to kind of vent with people, basically, about different stuff that they were feeling at the time. Uh, but one of my most memorable moments uh, was actually when I was at WB Saul in Philadelphia. And during their lunchtime, they had music playing and hula hoops out and stuff. And being able to bust out some of my famous dance moves, and they loved it. I mean, being a tall guy, I I like to dance, but sometimes those dance moves don't happen as gracefully as I would like, just because there's a lot more body movement than your typical person. <laughs> but, Arm and leg ratio. Yeah, yeah, but that was awesome. I mean, that was just an awesome moment. Um, oh, wow. I mean, the one event that we went to was in Elmira, actually in New York. But there were so many northern FFA chapters at this ice hockey game. It was a minor league ice hockey game. And I'm a humongous sports fan, like especially any kind of sport that is super competitive and physical like that. So I was in my natural state there, super hyped. I was just yelling and cheering and stuff. So FFA members were like, man, it's just like me getting hyped and excited and fired up about a sports game. So, I mean, that was fun too. Just those little experiences to be able to connect with the members and being able to connect with them on a personal basis was just awesome, awesome. And I remember that being one of the rewarding things from being a state officer. 
Like, at the beginning of the year, it was, like, a mental roadblock for me, too, to, like, okay, I'm a state officer now, but, like, I don't want people to view me as a state officer. Like, I want to be, like, a resource for them and, like, just be able for them to connect with me as a person. Because, like, yes, we're wearing an association jacket. Yes, we're putting on leadership conferences and conventions and things like that, and we're coming to speak at your banquet. Like, we just graduated high school this past year. Like, you just talk to me, like, let's be real and... Being able to, like, connect with individuals both in serious times and in, like, fun times was just something extremely rewarding. Oh, absolutely. And my teammates and I, we made it a goal early on in the year. Uh, Within the first couple weeks, we established this, that we, throughout the year, wanted to be genuine. We wanted Mm -hmm. to be the people that we are elected as. We wanted to be the people who we've been the first 18, 19 years of our lives because why change who we are for a year? just because of a new role that we've been put in whenever we were changed by that same organization. So that was a goal that my teammates and I had throughout the entire year. It was just just to be who we are because that's how you connect with people in the real life too. And that's something that I think is universally awesome about our organization. You'll see that across the board, whether it's Pennsylvania or another state association. or like If you're in a leadership position, like it's the person's – the same person they just have a different jacket on or a different title or something like that if you're an ffa member listening to this do not be afraid to approach a state officer because they might also be like socially awkward too like i know me personally i sometimes it'd be like a group of like chapter members be over in the corners like i had to give myself a pep talk to go talk to them and <laughs> like don't don't be afraid to approach your state officers or like even this new Pennsylvania state officer team. Like go ahead and walk up to Timber Tebus or Tommy Strong or any of the seven of them and just be like, "Yo, hey, what's up?" Because like they've been in your shoes, they know what you're going through, and they just want to talk to you, and it'll be cool. Oh yeah. Following up with your one story about WB Saw, I heard from a little birdie, and that birdie happens to be Sam Loy, who's the state reporter on your team. Were you up, like, all of the night before, like, practicing your dance moves? I absolutely was. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> before I went there, I heard that, you know, that they got music playing and stuff. And so I wanted to brush up on my dance moves because the last time I danced was at an FFA event. And that was several months before that at state convention. So a little bit of rust accumulated in that Right, time, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't practice long, just a couple of minutes, but just enough to knock the rust off, get the joints all lubed up again, right, or bust some dance moves. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I tried to teach other people on my team some of my uh, signature moves, but I don't think any of them wanted to take my advice at the time. <laughs> now, I'm also going to give you an opportunity here to dispel an accusation that you're a bandwagon fan because you were a fan of... The Los Angeles Lakers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Boston Red Sox. All of which are very successful sports teams, but there's not a direct correlation that I see between the three of them. So I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity to, to dispel rumors that may have also been started by Sam Loy. Oh my gosh. Okay, you know what? So I'll be straight up honest. I've been fans of these sports teams ever since I was a little kid. I even had a lo- like a little small shirt. That said, <laughs> I cheer for two teams, the Red Sox and whoever beats the Yankees. I mean, that's like a size youth medium. So, Which, No, like, honestly, like, <laughs> every every single baseball fan's two favorite teams should be their favorite team and whoever's playing the Yankees. Like, <laughs> let's be honest here. Anyway. 
I, I say this as an Orioles fan, and we have the worst record in baseball right now, so that's fantastic. Anyway. I mean, and the Lakers, I, I've always been a humongous Kobe Bryant fan ever since I've been little. I mean, you just can't beat him. He's just, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, was there a small Jacob Kinzer that would like just shoot like a paper ball into a trash can and scream Kobe? Like, was that you? <laughs> a little bit. And every single time I played basketball, my number was always 24. Always. Never changed it. Um, and then baseball, I mean, ever, not sorry, not baseball, football. I mean, I, my dad's a humongous Cowboys fan. I'm a big Cowboys fan. I mean, it's America's team. You just, you can't betray America. That's America's team, man. You can't betray America. Is we are recording this on uh, July 3rd, so we're feeling very patriotic. <laughs> uh, Jake's actually wearing a shirt from the State Legislative Leadership Conference this past year, so it's got like a little outline of the U.S. flag and like the Capitol building, and it's got stars all over the place. He's representing his patriotic spirit here tonight. And I'm wearing a red shirt, so that's like there's some, there. there's some white on there, so <laughs> I have two-thirds of what I'm supposed to have. We're... We're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. We are getting there. Okay, I respect that. Are you one of those people that you just pick Ezekiel Elliott first round in the fantasy football league every single year? Ooh, no, actually, you know what? My go-to guy first round is, I'm telling you, it's got to be like Julio Jones. Okay. Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those guys are just fantastic. But, I mean, talking about sports teams, I mean, people always call me out because I don't like any Pennsylvania sports, but I actually do. Humongous Pittsburgh Penguins fan. If you look okay. at my 2001 Ford Explorer, it's got a Pittsburgh Penguins license plate on the front. So, <laughs> which, which, to the outside world, could also add to the whole bandwagon uh, accusation. But I trust you, Jake. I trust you. It's like, look, let's think of like probably four of the most successful sports teams out there like you got the Red Sox the Cowboys the Lakers and the Penguins oh yeah he, audience members you can't see this but he's just got this grin on his face he's just shrugging around oh, he's like I, I, I can't say anything right now telling you but, especially if the Lakers sign Kawhi Leonard this summer championships for the next two or three years calling it now Kawhi Leonard, if you're listening, which I don't know why you'd be listening to an agricultural education podcast. Just kidding. Everybody should listen to agricultural education podcast, but you, you should sign with the Lakers, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. And th- this is just another pitch for you uh, agricultural educators to pitch to your chapter members. Like We're just having this conversation right now, just talking about fantasy football. If you are an FFA member, you can talk, come up and talk to a state officer at any point in time about just random stuff and i'm sure that they will just talk to you about it like jake were there any oh okay no backtracking here midwinter convention this year because pennsylvania ffa is cool and we have two state conventions midwinter convention happens in january we give out our keystone state degrees we give out our uh state star awards you did a little bit of a skit and you got booed (laughs) Can you explain that? Oh, very heavily. Uh, so I came out wearing a cowboy hat, uh, introducing the next section. And Rourke, who is also a Cowboys fan, I'll put him on the spot here. Um, but I actually came out wearing a Cowboys hat, describing my absolute love for America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And I got a massive, massive booing from the crowd. I heard one or two people faintly cheering. And I even had one person come up to me afterwards and say, hey, you know, Jake, I am a Cowboys fan too, but I was scared to cheer because there were so many boos. 
Uh, so that was it definitely caught me off guard. I definitely expected the booze, but not that intense. It, it honestly kind of kind of shocked me a little bit. That was hilarious to watch, <laughs> though, because I all like I didn't know that. I could kind of see the setup coming. It was like, okay, he might make a Cowboys reference here, and I would ex- have expected like a couple of them, but like just like what, like around five thousand people in in that the New Holland Arena at the Farm Show. And it is like about oh. 4,700 of them. It sounded like they were booing you. Oh, all at the same time. Like, it sounded like one giant just wave coming at me. It was it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that fueled you for the rest of that convention. Yeah. That is funny stuff. That is funny stuff. So you're not a Saquon Barkley guy? Uh, I definitely like him. Okay. I, he's pretty fun to watch, but, I mean, he's division rival. He's with can't, the Giants now. Can't cheer for him now. <laughs> If you had to go back now and not necessarily go back, let's, let's rephrase this question a little bit. You, with the experiences that you have now, what advice would you give to a freshman that has just started their FFA career? So my one big piece of advice would be to diversify your participation. Uh, being not raised in agriculture that much. I grew up around farms and stuff, but was never in, directly involved in agriculture. Um, I grew up in the middle of the woods of Juniata County, so I absolutely loved the outdoors. Grew up hunting and fishing. So my first two years especially, all I did was wildlife CD, and that's it. Um, but then it wasn't until the next two years um, from the guidance of my ag teacher that I sort of broadened my horizons and got involved in different stuff. Uh, like forestry and you know ag mechanics and different things like that it it definitely paid off because then my knowledge expanded and it introduced me to some different things that I never thought I'd be interested in but now I'm looking at pursuing it in college Um, so I definitely recommend expanding your horizons don't stay in something that's comfortable maybe even step into something that you're not comfortable with at all because it even if you don't do well, you will definitely learn greatly from it. We we grow outside of our comfort zone. And you you just alluded to this a little bit, so I'm going to give you a platform. Uh, Jake, what are your future plans? Where are you going to college? What do you want to do? All right. Uh, so this fall, actually, I will be attending Delaware Valley University, uh, majoring in environmental science. And also hoping to maybe pick up a minor in agribusiness or turf grass management. Um, looking at being on the golf team out there. So love the golf industry, but more importantly, I love the outdoors and the environment. But I like with my roots in agriculture now through FFA, I want to find a connection or a bridge that we can get between the environmental field and the agricultural field uh, because we need both of them but sometimes I think that bridge is sort of collapsed in between the two parties. Uh, so in my future, I just want to try and build that bridge up again and establish our connections between the two. And that's something that whenever I was doing a domestic study away experience in Montana that we talked about a lot, or there's, we visited a couple of national parks, so we were in Glacier, and then we also dipped down into Yellowstone, and technically it was a study way to Montana, but a little bit of Yellowstone is in Montana, and then you get into Wyoming. But we, we were thinking about those those two parks, and then also different, um, what's the word I'm looking for, 
different ranches and things like that and how the environment is connected to agriculture and how sometimes they seem to be pitted against each other when they shouldn't be because they can go right hand in hand and by using sustainable practices and just being smart about their decisions like both the environment and agriculture can prosper and in essence they are the same thing environment mm. and agriculture encompassed with one another absolutely absolutely i'd also be interested to see how like penn state and delval can work more together and do some cool stuff so i i see this podcast interview as a great collaboration between the two of us i like it i like it a lot <laughs> now being out of state office for a few weeks now what is it like being a quote-unquote has-been or a past state officer? Like, are you holding up okay? Like, I'm telling you, um, this past week, it started to hit me a little bit more. Um, it's sort of made me more reflective on the year, um, more thankful for the experiences in the year that I've had. But uh, now that I'm quote-unquote retired, uh, I guess you could say that I'm definitely living up to the retired lifestyle. I have played golf probably the last five or six days now, and I'm absolutely loving it. But, as, uh, as one does. As one <laughs> yeah. does yeah. But, you know, I'm looking forward to the next stage. Uh, as sad as it was to move on from my year, um, I'm excited for the next several years where I can give back, uh, give back to the organization that's given me so much, and to kind of help the next generation grow and even make Pennsylvania FFA better. I mean, I, my teammates and I thought that we did uh, a good job at expanding and growing our organization, but I know 5, 10, 15 years down the road, the organization will be completely different. And I'm, I'm just hopeful that I can play a small part in that. That's awesome. Do you have any challenges you like to extend to the 1920 team that just took over for you? Oh, so or, my... Yeah, or even, <laughs> even specifically our legacy of Brandon Bixler, who, by the way, will be attending Penn State as an agricultural extension education major. <laughs> uh, so my biggest challenge would be to try and get even better dance moves than what I had established, um, to learn line dances, because a couple of us knew a couple of them, Rourke and Molina were pretty solid on the line dances, but that is just awesome art that you can learn. But uh, but no, more seriously, uh, I definitely challenge them to uh, definitely just be genuine. Uh, you guys being able to see you all before you got elected, you all are great individual people, and I know you'll make a great team. So just be those individuals that got elected. Uh, be the genuine people that got elected because being your genuine selves will make the biggest impact on the members that that'll carry on for years down the road i mean being your genuine self will be what makes that freshman member you impact this year four years down the road want to be in your shoes then uh, so that would definitely be my biggest challenge so thinking of that freshman member if you were to give advice to either a freshman or anybody that's currently in their high school ffa experience and they want to run for state office like if they were doing solo searching what would you tell them to look at and then what advice would they give would you give them if they did want to pursue running for state office absolutely um you know running for state office is uh an important decision um and i feel that if you're even thinking about it at all just to get involved uh get involved in as much as you can talk to your ag teachers about how you can get involved in different events activities and along with what I was discussing earlier, broaden your horizons a little bit, expand your knowledge. Um, but 
the biggest thing is is to reach out to people. I mean, your ag educators are your biggest resources that will help you through that whole entire process. But reach out to people like I'm talking to you today, like Thomas or even past state officers from five or ten years ago because, uh, you know, they've been in those shoes. They've been in your shoes even that, you know, they've they've had to make that decision to run. And they understand what you're feeling and, you know, they, they know the experiences. So they can definitely help you a lot too. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a big thing for me as well, is just recognizing that I need help. Like Mrs. Barkley helped point me in the right direction. I had individuals like Katie McLaughlin who would look over my intro speech. She's like, oh, yeah, that looks that looks good now after you fixed it. And uh, just different people that were supporting me, chapter members from different chapters in Perry County, really just like, hey, can we help you interview? And I was like, absolutely. Like, you guys are basically like a mock nomcom right here. And the mock nominating committee is like, yeah, you can ask me questions, give me feedback. It's funny because my friend Mackenzie Curtis said I used a lot of hand motions, which I do. Like, if people know me, I talk with my hands. But I was doing it to a point where it was very distracting. So she had, like, an empty Gatorade bottle that she would throw at me every single time I started using my hands. I broke that habit quick. And it worked. <laughs> like, I, I got elected. So I'm thankful for that. But I'm, I flinch whenever I see a Gatorade bottle being raised in the air now at me. <laughs> Uh, one common theme that I have heard you mention multiple times is just the device of being authentic. And Jake, I really need to thank you because just through every single experience I've had with you, you are just authentically you all the time. You're just smiling, always having a good time, looking to bring out the best in others. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I really do appreciate that. And I also want to give you this little time at the end. I try to end all of my podcasts with just an opportunity of, if there's anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to talk about briefly, like, feel free to. Um. Wow, that's tough. You know, I th- I feel like we talked about a lot of different stuff, a big diversity of different things. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, that's that's tough. Can't really think of anything else. Yeah, any any last words of wisdom or last jabs at anybody? <laughs> Uh, you know how they said that that thumb wrestling match between Rourke and Sam at Midwinter Convention, uh, that still has not taken place yet, but they will be going to Penn State next year. So if you definitely see them, you have got to egg them on. Try and get them to do that thumb wrestling match because that needs decided. We'll, we'll Facebook Live it when it happens. It'll be great. <laughs> big big state office rivalry there between the other two guys' state officers. Who will win the thumb wrestling match? I, my money's on Rourke. Oh, I yeah. think I think Sam has weak thumbs. Not gonna lie. <laughs> and plus, uh, you know, Rooks um, voted as Pennsylvania FFA's most rugged state officer for our year. So it was a poll of like what three people? And it yeah, was, like, me, Sam, guys. and Rourke. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jake, thank you so much for coming on, and just thank you for always shining your light and having a positive impact on students. Absolutely, my pleasure, Thomas. Thanks for having me. Every time I have an opportunity to talk with Jake, I find myself smiling from ear to ear with the passion he conveys at all times. And this is a common theme among state officers across the nation. Their passion shines through in each conversation as well as their actions during their term as a state officer and even in retirement. For more information on the Pennsylvania FFA Association, check out the link to the Pennsylvania FFA website in the show notes below.
Thank you for tuning in to Teach Ag Talks with Thomas Gable. Be sure to check out teachagpsu.blogspot.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for more publications from Teach Ag PSU. For details on this episode, be sure to check out the show notes below. Want to see what else is going on in Pennsylvania agricultural education? If you're not already on the Tuesday TJAG Topics email blast, send us an email at tjag at psu.edu. We'll see you next month.